feel like there's a reason that he picked, you know, um, for instance, that the cigarette is a substitute for your mother's nipple. I'm sure that was a carefully selected fact, but... Uh, I don't know if that's a fact so much as a Freudian theory. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> so uh, very edible. That, yeah. And is that a fact? No. no. Really. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Rumble. I'm your host, Jazine Hollings, and this is the podcast where the guest picks the flick. I watch it and then we have a nice little chat about it. On this episode, I am joined by Natalie Shore. She is half of a band called Hot Soda from London, Ontario. And she shares the stage with Taylor Holden, who is also a really, really great musician. They are a rock duo and they define themselves as dreamy rock and roll fantasy, okay? And you guys have to go check out their newest single or their debut single, um, which is Bubblegum. It is wild. It is uh, kind of like just kind of raw and like unabashed almost. And I just really vibed with it. It was really cool. So I'm super excited to have Natalie Shore, who is the lead guitarist um, of the duo on the podcast right anew. You can find them on Instagram at Hot Soda Band and also, of course, on Spotify or any of the other major streaming platforms. And just check them out. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Just like how I was pleasantly surprised when Natalie chose a short film for the podcast. And I was like, oh, damn, I never said that it couldn't be a short film. Um, But I'm so glad that I didn't restrict uh, the podcast to feature films because she chose a short film called Harvey Crumpet. You can find it on YouTube the cutest little damn claymation film that I ever did see. So there's no excuse for you uh, not to watch it before you listen. Let's get into it. Harvey Crumpet is a short film about a less than average Polish man who, after losing his parents, journeys to Australia. Despite having a life full of bad luck and happenstance, Harvey is able to find joy and peace in the everyday. Directed by Australian animator Adam Elliott, this little film packs a big a punch. Let's rumble! Well, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the band a little bit yeah. first and Bubblegum, which is super exciting? <laughs> yeah. Before we get into the to, into the movie, um, which I'm very excited to talk about, but I'm also very excited to talk about um, Hot Soda Band. Oh, um, let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, how did that kind of how did that come about? Like, yeah, I just want to kind of know like the origin story and like a little bit behind your newest single. Um, so, yeah, give me a lowdown. Pre-pandemic, um, I would host jam nights for some friends and. And then through someone I was dating at the time, shout out to him because <laughs> and, uh, I met Taylor and she came over with her acoustic guitar and joined us all for a jam night. And it was kind of, um, I remember everyone being really excited because they knew her and her music, you know, and oh, she's going to come to jam night. And, uh, and everyone was asking her questions about uh, chords and things because a lot of us were learning back then. And uh, we ate a lot of candy and we've been friends ever since. And 
she emailed me again just before the pandemic and said, hey, do you want to write some lead guitar for some songs I'm working on? And uh, of course I said yes. And I did some kind of scra- uh, demo takes and I remember sending them to her. And she was like, can I come over right now? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was. And then through the pandemic, we spent all last summer, all, got it almost every day together writing music in, in a living room. Um, I mean, I listened to Bubblegum quite a few times because I was a fan of Taylor's music when she was in uh, The Averages. Yeah, like I definitely like vibed with your style of playing and I thought it yeah, went yeah. so well with the song. So I'm really excited to see what you guys do um, moving forward. It's going to be pretty Thank cool, you. I think. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's been really fun and an organic feeling. It's been really fun. <laughs> I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. That means uh, the world. Like I can't, you know, I sometimes can't, I can't really, be- I don't know if I can't believe it or that it just feels not, you know, mm-hmm. like it's been natural. Let's jump into Harvey Crumpet. Let's go. Um. So why did you choose this film? I was trying to think of something kind of light and lively, I think. Um, I do like a slice of life movie. Um, so I was considering briefly, uh, what's his name? Mike, mm, it'll come to me, but he's a British director. Some of his movies include uh, Working Girls and Happy Go Lucky. Mike, oh, it'll come. Um, and I really, really love both of those films. And yeah, I guess Harvey Crumpet just kind of popped into my head beside those. And I was like, ah, it's kind of cool because it's only 22 minutes um, and it's it's animated clay animation. Uh, yeah. And I and I just thought I thought Taylor would like it too. Yeah, for sure. It's plot driven, but the I mean, the, it has a lot of character substance in it as well. And even development like between the stages of his life, um, which I thought was really fascinating. Um, but you said that you saw this initially when you were like 12 or 13. Yeah. OK. And how I, did that? OK, that's what it was. I just remembered. I remember seeing the clip when I was 12 and 13 watching mm-hmm. the Oscars. And then it wasn't until I was maybe more 16 or 17. I oh, that's what. Oh, my gosh. I'm just remembering this. OK, so uh, my best friend in high school and I went to visit my sister, my sister. She's my half sister, Crystal. Mm-hmm. Amazing woman. Um, she would very nicely kind of let me come hang out sometimes with my friend, you know, an older, four years older sister and her boyfriend at the time had rented it and there it was like Harvey Crumpet like on from Blockbuster (laughs) on on their couch and I was like oh my god can we watch this and it was something to see as a kind of a silly teenager kind of that like oh this is so random you know kind of a vibe um or like a I'm 14 and this is deep vibe so (laughs) I I, I remember just really being fascinated by it and and doing everything I could from that point on to get my hands on a copy like uh when I had roommates that later on in university who introduced me to torrenting I was like can you download Harvey Crumpet and The Last Unicorn like right away I need those <laughs> movies um so yeah that's it's always shown up I, I show it to everyone yeah. what is it about it that makes you want to show people <sighs> maybe a few things I don't know why I keep wanting to go to the word simplicity for it because I think like you said and it's not like I believe it is simple it has a lot of layers steps development um that sort of thing but there is also a simplicity to the way it's told it's and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and I think it breaks that rule of showing not telling like it does tell so where how does it how is it so enchanting you know I guess the story is enough sometimes um I think it also throws you off because in the very beginning like I'm curious what you thought of it I mean in the very beginning scene it's kind of unsettling right the way 
the characters look, his parents, his mom is mad, <laughs> as they say. And you kind of think, is this going to be kind of like a weird, dark place into someone's mind that I don't necessarily want to go? I don't know. What did you think upon the first 30 seconds? So I think the tone and the theme actually is is said with the title card at the beginning of, you know, there's great people mm-hmm. and there's, you know, greatness gets thrust upon them and stuff like that. And then there's everybody else. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to be talking about everybody else. <laughs> Um, and I thought that, you know, it just encapsulated the theme of, um, life is simple, but it is great. And I think that's kind of what the whole movie was going for. Um, so I, I guess because of the title card, I would say that I wasn't too concerned as to like what was going to happen. I mean, there are dark, like super dark moments in it, right? Like, like the mom going senile and, you know, going insane and then the parents dying and poor heart, poor Harvey like eventually wanting to like commit suicide <laughs> um wanting to end it all and, and and you're just kind of like whoa like this is <laughs> this is so dark um but also just kind of finding the ray of sunshine in the simple everyday things um yeah, yeah and I and I yeah but you're right though the animation is quite um creepy <laughs> Yeah, the skin got like the gray. Look at them just looking at Liliana behind you. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone kind of looks ill in the beginning or something. But. Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole thing, everyone's rather peaked. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, quite, um, it kind of reminded me a bit of like Tim Burton or like, um, you know, that kind of vibe. And it's interesting that you said that claymation kind of freaked you out. And I kind of want to like, like, what about it kind of freaks you out? I'm, I'm not sure because I, I, I remember it being some of my earliest nights nightmares um okay as a kid so i must have seen something you know tvo had the odd clay claymation even pingu you know oh, which yeah. i love yeah it was so weird yeah and then later bump in the night did you did you see that there was yeah. squishies the char- the blue character that one could be kind of creepy and yeah, i think yeah. something in my subconscious just um you know was morbidly fascinated by it i guess uh right on yeah but yeah there's something kind of uh so alien to it almost like at the extreme you get in a panic attack when everything looks alien and different I I don't know Um, so you know uh, I think our nature is maybe to be curious about the things that scare us too so luckily this is art you know what I mean Uh, so we can explore that and I I also was fascinated with uh, wanting to make one too in high school media arts class yeah but it's a lot of work and I got bored (laughs) yeah I don't I don't know how animators do it it's like a certain type of personality that can I can do that frame by frame and on big movie sets they have like an animator per limb or per like part of the face so like hey I'm the arm guy and like that's your job is to move the arms for every photo um which is insane so I, I totally get that um like I saw the nightmare before Christmas I think was my first like intro I think it's a lot of everybody's you know intro into stop motion yes. um feature films anyways but then I think actually Pingu was my first on TVO and I remember watching this one episode of Pingu and it was uh it was Pingu gets like lost like gets lost in a giant 
cave and then this giant walrus like tries to eat him and it was just like the darkest trippiest shit I'd ever seen and I was like I don't know if this show's for me <laughs> yeah oh my god I remember that too anything about being something being eaten I used to have, like <sighs> you know in an instant way it's so weird yeah so weird but, hey I mean you're not it, it opened it opens your mind a little bit maybe even at a young age right I mean back to Harvey Crumpet the uh I don't think I was ever completely at uh, like um I don't think I ever had unease during it is what I'm mm-hmm. saying even though yeah. yes it, it was yeah. fairly bleak in the beginning I mean yeah so yeah um definitely a love story though too uh yeah. I love how much he loves everyone um and and it and it, it, it does mention very early on that he was loved as well too uh by his parents you know um, yeah yeah so there's kind of this enduring like love from the very beginning that's very present till the very end I guess yeah I love that moment when his daughter Val they says uh, they taught her to respect the environment and she turns and kisses the flower and herself and she turns and kisses her her hand mm-hmm. yeah I was just about to bring that, that part up specifically Aww. and I was like we need like more Harvey crumpet <laughs> teachings <laughs> like I wish I grew up you know loving my body and the earth and not having to essentially learn it <laughs> as an adult yeah it's not like many things not the same learning as an adult <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I know exactly. giving ourselves high fives in the mirror you know <laughs> yeah pretty much like self self-soothing and all that kind of like learning how to do that yeah. um but I think that's one of the things that's so interesting about this movie is that he is quite a simple man he you know in terms of traditional standard intelligence um they I mean call him simple mm-hmm. um but just the way that the story unfolds it's it's clear that he's more free than almost anybody else in the in the um movie yes he he definitely has an open mind he has an openness to experience that's definitely i think a big personality detail for him that allows for the development i mean it's, it's such a great moment when he hears the um the statues say carpe diem and off he goes running and then the narrator you hear jeffrey rush his voice gets carried away with him too i love that part where he's like he joined an animal liberation front and you know he his voice uh get carried away so and it joins a nudist colony and and, and the music is booming there's like a gong going you know yeah. it's a very yeah. intense part but um yeah to be i think open to something like just suddenly becoming a vegetarian and liberating chickens and their eggs in the middle of the night to go from picking lint off underwear from the joseph's job that. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's a smart dude. I think he knows what's important. <laughs> he's just so so wise. I mean, yeah. and even even though he had you know moments of darkness, um, because of how I mean, just horribly unfortunate his life was. Mm-hmm. Uh, with each you know sort of terrible thing that came his way, I was like, oh my god, like is this you know when's this man gonna get a break? Essentially, <laughs> this whole movie that was that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know it's funny too that they let it they don't take it all the way to his death did i i wondered you expect it to kind of right i don't know for sure i i definitely thought it was going to end with his death in the um in the retirement home but i was also like are they going to end it on that down of a note and i'm really glad they didn't because that would have been very sad (laughs) he might still be alive (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) he could still be at that bus stop we don't know (laughs) yeah 
Oh yeah, that part's yeah, that part's good too. I also love the, I love the finger puppets when they get drunk in the um, nursing home and put on drunken finger puppet shows, <laughs> yeah. and it's just oh yeah. See, I bet they didn't do that before he moved in anyway. Yeah, it it seems that he was able to bring a little bit of um you know light to anybody's life, and I think that's just because he just you know he was just a little bit more free. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about Pleasant Paddocks too. One thing I noticed, especially this time. Was the the sets and how um, barren and sparse the environment it, uh, is in terms of nature? It's very, like I guess, uh, concrete yeah. throughout the whole the whole film. Maybe in, except for his childhood where he grew up, but that was something that struck me this time was that even though he was seemed so removed from nature and in, in a sense of uh, where he lived and what he was surrounded by, yet so connected to it anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say the whole time he doesn't he he's in an environment that is very disconnected to nature. Mm-hmm. I mean he he like works at a dump he um grows up i'm assuming in like a town or a city and then um yeah that point is actually really good of of the retirement home and how that was um how that set was kind of constructed um i had a grandmother who had alzheimer's and passed away in a retirement home so that sequence at the end particularly was like incredibly i mean heartbreaking like i didn't expect to cry during this short film um but I definitely I did like I, at the end I was like oh my god like I'm crying <laughs> so that's um, but that's just how moving, especially the ending sequence was of like, like it kind of just made me think of like, we all will end up here no matter what our lives, you know, more often than not, we are going to end up, you know, where Harvey Crumpet is at the end of this movie. And yes. it's like, do you want to be sitting naked at a bus stop that's not real, enjoying the sun? Or do you want to be, you know, wallowing in whatever despair has followed you during your life? And I was like, that's, this is a great message. <laughs> yeah, definitely naked in the sun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, this guy knows how to vibe. <laughs> That's really neat, though, that, uh, that your story about being moved by it. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's a very moving piece. I think it's like, it, yeah, it's very deep. Um, and I was reading about the production of it and, you know, how it took the guy like three or four uh, years, I think, to write it and like you just working on it. And, I mean, it just must have been such a labor of love for um yes adam elliott yeah um have you seen any of his other films or heard of them mary and max especially no i feel like he's so underrated because mm. mary and max looks really good have you seen it um i did see it a long time ago but i don't quite remember it i think it's longer feature length maybe even maybe not quite maybe not probably not um but no uh other than that i haven't i i want to see his early ones if i can uh, find them but i loved what he said in an interview that he yeah you're right he is underrated and he said he's been called in by big studios wanting him to work on their projects and he's like but it's always about talking dragons or something and he has no interest in that and I love what he said he said uh, he will never work on something where the animals talk no animal in no movie of his is going to talk (laughs) I love that I love that so much. Yeah. And, well, and it sounds like he has a lot of integrity as an artist, which I mean, Definitely. I respect fully that. And I didn't know that he got asked to work, uh, I'm assuming in Hollywood or some sort of American place. And he was like, no. So, I mean, good for him. That's cool. Uh, did you read his Wikipedia page? I mean, I didn't know that about his early life too. What, what do you have, what was it? It was like, what his parents, it was like the first line of his biography. Oh, his parents did. oh yeah. His, his father was a retired acrobatic clown. Right. And his mother 
mother was a hairdresser. Um, yeah, he's had a really strange life. Right, the retired acrobatic clown. And then they grew, they grew up on a farm, but lost it, right? A anyway. pawn farm. <laughs> That's what it was. I was like, okay, acrobatic farm, acrobatic clown on a pawn farm. That's amazing. I know, wow. Oh my God. Um, and it's it's really funny because I, I don't know if, if uh, yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, I always find that um, the animator's creations look like them somehow. Hmm. And I, like, for some reason, I, like, I see Adam Elliott in his, like, claymation figures. That is so cool. I wonder if he incorporates just a very subtle element of himself, whether it's just a bone structure and then everything else is different, something that, or if it's unconscious. Tim Burton, like, looks like his, (laughs) his animations. And you're like, what? But I always, I always keep, like, noticing that. And I think Adam Elliott looks a little bit like, um, like Harvey in, like, an interesting way. Like, not exactly, but there's like an essence there that I'm like, oh, so, so cool. Oh, that's awesome. I wonder if, you know, if we got some clay and started, would we just make ourselves? I know. Well, that's what I, I mean, eventually, if you worked at it long enough, I think that's what would happen. (laughs) Yeah, I did. um, My friend and I bought clay. We ordered it online, a whole bunch of it, and we decided we were going to make one clay animation. And uh, we made some figurines, a lot of like weird little monsters and strange looking things that just came out of nowhere and uh and it was fun and they all got ruined just from being in our living room floating around but it is fun there's something very therapeutic about pushing the clay and shaping things and and just seeing what comes out of it like not trying to make anything in particular and then there it is looking at you and you can like already picture a story it just kind of accompanies them yeah 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 yeah. I um I used to teach at an art camp and I used to teach stop motion um (gasps) animation so all the kids would like make their little you know figurines and they'd have a week to like make I don't know like a minute of animation because it took so long um but I just remember um yeah being able to work with such a like a physical three-dimensional medium was like such an amazing way to play and such an amazing way for your imagination to just run a little bit more wild and I think it's because it's it is so physical um and there must be something about sculpting um and the physicality of that that kind of allows for that um yeah that integration of of imagination at the end of it being like this is a real thing with a personality and like this is its backstory and like all the kids were totally into it <laughs> I was like okay it's cool oh, I did, and did you ever make one yeah uh I made a little a red um octopus and his name was Francois and he had a bottle of wine and a baguette and a little beret and he was a French <laughs> French octopus that's amazing yeah see yeah, he already had a story you know where he was from and what he liked to eat yeah (laughs) oh that's so cool and stop motion too aside from that like have you dabbled in I don't know or like there's puppetry um there's puppetry too some puppetry films I've seen are stop motion that's another creepy effect although actually um I think I read too that Adam Elliott it's Adam Elliott right yeah Um, yeah he he has like a uh a tremor persistent tremor so he shakes and um rather than I don't know either a let it stop him or find a way to conceal the tremor or maybe even who knows he he was like no it's just going to be part of my process this tremor i think that was in his early films 
he just incorporated his disability into his visual aesthetic, mm. which is so cool. So everything is like, and then you can tell in his claymation, everything's kind of a little bit uneven. It's a little bit wobbly. It's a little bit um, like bulbous almost. Yes. Um, and they, I mean, that's so fascinating that he has, he has that disability. Um, and you can, you know, having you having just said that it makes a lot of sense because almost everyone in Harvey Crumpet has something going on, like mm-hmm. some sort of disability. Um, and I think Mary and Max has, right. yeah, they both have, I think one of them has Asperger's. Asperger's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and I, and I find that's such a great way um, to bring awareness to, um, to disabilities and also to show like people with disabilities, their views on, um, or I guess an, an interpretation of how they might view the world mm-hmm. and how that's still a valid way of viewing the world. Like, even though a lot of people don't view the world as Harvey Crumpet does, it's clear that it is such a special way um, of seeing life. Yeah. Um, so that's really fascinating that he was actually able to do that. And it makes yeah. sense that he ha- that he has some sort of disability because it's a big theme. And seeing that, uh, you know, the beauty in, in imperfection and seeing that things don't have to be perfect to deserve love. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, um, yeah, I love that. I actually really love that message. There's a lot of messages in this film that I think I've ended up carrying with me, you know, <laughs> for a long time. Or maybe that's why I was drawn to it in the first place. But yeah. that is, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, seeing it at such a at such a young age, like 12, 13. Um, I mean, this is something that, I mean, even if you don't explicitly understand the messages in the film, I think as a kid, some of it might sink in. Um, and it has so many great, great themes and great messages in it that, I mean, it would be great for, you know, all kids to watch it. <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. I, yeah. One of the things that maybe struck me about it back then was that, well, it describes Harvey, you know, he gets older. He, it says his hair falls out and regrows on his shoulders and this is um, before he gets married but it so he's an older guy now I don't know maybe he'd be 40 or something and it's not until then like that he has his awakening and joins the animal liberation front becomes a nudist all these things and I thought we don't see we don't see a lot of that in stories I don't think it's always young people finding themselves and finding their path and they're you know maybe 20 and that's the whole big story but that kind of falls flat I think um, as we get older too and then so this movie kind of turns that on its head uh, that that's always an ongoing process yeah yeah I mean the coming of age can happen at any age Um, and I think that this film shows that there's multiple coming of ages in someone's life I don't think it's like what you know like the movies it's what you're 19 and you have this big thing and then all of a sudden you figured it out like that's not (laughs) that's for sure not how it works (laughs) so Um, yeah, to take away the stigma of, of age in terms of, you know, when you find yourself and when, you know, the world kind of clicks for you, um, I think is another, you know, great message in this movie. Um, and it's a very powerful message in it. Um, let me see. I've got a little bit, some questions. I mean, we kind of covered some of them, but, um, oh yeah. What were, okay. So what was your favorite, um, moment? If you could pick one. I, I do love the part in his story where he meets Val, um, and their pheromones fizzled like ice cream lemonade <laughs> i always loved that line she had everything he she was everything he wasn't and had everything he didn't and there are pheromones fizzled like ice cream lemonade i love that line so much and then just the the warmth that comes into the scenes they're sitting in front of the fire she's knitting a sweater for the parrot brian and uh 
and I don't know there's something about that you can feel you can feel his happiness too I don't know I don't know I, I like that maybe it's the happiest part in the movie and it's funny that is my favorite part but um and, oh, I also just love the little hidden things throughout it when he for instance when he goes to see his doctor Dr. Greystain and her doorknob has a little sign hanging on it that says palms also red <laughs> you know all these there's little like easter eggs kind of like that um so I love those details I yeah I think when he grows his family which is funny because personally not something I'm you know seek out for myself but um but I I love it I just love it I love Ruby and it calls her big big bull Val, little Ruby yeah that whole adoption um sequence was really cute um yeah. but I mean in the context of Harvey's life as a character like that is his I guess his um his golden time yeah that that would be his his happiest you know time in his life um and of course when when Val passes I was like are you kidding like this man can't have like any <laughs> you know um it's funny how throughout the movie you just want better things for him like he's so sympathetic as a character um you yeah you definitely want you want better things for him for sure throughout the whole film um yeah like when he's trying to withdraw money from the microwave I wanted money to come out for him <laughs> no and it's so sweet it's like oh like um I just uh, I don't know like it made me think of just so many people I think from that generation as well like from um you know um migrants from Europe during the second world war and coming to other places um on the planet um and you know maybe not coming from education or coming from you know difficult circumstances and just trying to make the best of their lives um with what they're given um this movie made me think a lot about that as well and how tough that would have been um couldn't even imagine you know Poland to Australia like that's that's crazy um alone (laughs) yes yes I I was thinking about that when is he alone right there are some moments but there are a lot of times there's a lot of different kinds of love in that in that story I mean early on you have his parents they love him he loves them he also has his friend at school who maybe they don't maybe they don't even have that much in common except for they're picked on right yeah we don't really get too much of a glimpse there but they definitely band together you know um and they go through things together so we can say that and then even later when it's Hamish McGrumble his roommate at, at Pleasant Paddocks and it says uh they pretend to hate each other and they're playing pranks on each other but they really like each other you know there's yeah. so many different kinds of love you know whether it's a explicit or hidden on purpose it kind of like a cheeky love <laughs> we'll pretend to hate each other yeah, yeah yeah no that's a that's such a good point and it's so um I mean that type of those different types of love are accessible to anybody I mean yes. yeah, yeah. On, the, on the planet and that's what's so special about living in general is that you can have these experiences and you don't have to be someone great you don't have to be a great person whatever that means absolutely because right that's the whole thing he is right you know uh, even though in the beginning like you said anyway there and also like love you know can be light love can be taken lightly or given lightly and I mean that in like a serious wonderful thing yeah. but it, it can be light too you know what I mean just, uh, yeah and it can be know. it can be playful and it can be passing I mean it, everything has its time um, yeah. and that's clear with all the people that kind of go through Harvey's life is that you know they all 
share some sort of connection, but they all have their time. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. Weird. I wonder like, can again with Hamish, like, you know, we can love people. We don't even really know that well, I think. Yeah. Well, it's clear because they both have Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. I guess at the end. And it's like, they're, they're still buds. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's uh, yeah. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things in this movie that are just so special. And I, it's incredible that Adam Elliott was able to weave all of them into like a 20 minute short film. Like, I don't know. Apparently the original cut was supposed to be 50 minutes long and they cut it all down to 20. And I was just like, just in such awe of the editing as well of just like how they piece the story together and the pacing. And, um, you know, it just, there was never a moment where the story wasn't moving forward. (laughs) Yeah. No, no kidding. No, it must've been an intense labor of, of love and like also killing your darlings. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah it comes through yeah it comes through um is there anything in harvey crumpet that doesn't work for you i didn't like a lot of the facts <laughs> oh, no way really? no, no 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 i shouldn't say that i i love the facts i love the facts that are interspersed throughout um but yeah no i don't know i would have i don't know no i like the facts i can't say that <laughs> I think I have like I am not inclined to nitpick about them, but um, I could if I wanted to. Right. I could yeah. love them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, and, and there's so many facts out there. I don't know. I'm not going to question it. I feel like there's a reason <laughs> that he picked. You know, um, for instance, that the cigarette is a substitute for your mother's nipple. I'm sure that was a carefully <laughs> selected fact, but. Uh, I don't know if that's a fact so much as a Freudian theory. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's very, so uh, very edible. That, yeah. And is that a fact? No. No. Really. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So I don't know. I could get it there. But I mean, was that, was that sort of just like, because his mom was kind of senile as she was teaching him about, yes. how, like, yes. are these like just kind of that's right. nonsense facts? Like maybe they're not like really facts. To- to- totally. Exactly. That would <laughs> that would make sense right um yeah yep a fact is a gold star and that's it Um, it wasn't until the Carpe Diem part that I felt convinced that this film knew what it was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the up until that point, I was kind of like, okay, like what's happening here? <laughs> like, where, where is this going? Um, I was kind of like, I was getting disinterested because I was like, it better not just be like, you know, just a dude's story and that's it. Like, but yeah. thankfully, it was not that. Like the turning, one of the turning points is that he yes. you get the Carpe Diem part. Um. And at that moment, I was like, oh, okay, now we're, <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. And, and Jeffrey Rush, great narrator as well. Like yeah. that was, uh, yeah, his narration was, was great. Mm-hmm, I think that was a uh, peak Pirates of the Caribbean one, um, was in the same year. Yeah. It would have been just the year before. Uh, so yeah, he was having a moment for sure, but he stopped to narrate this, uh, this beautiful little film and he's perfect for it. Oh, okay. I'm looking at his IMDB right now and I'm like, that's who that is yeah barbosa yes okay (laughs) i couldn't even tell by well obviously barbosa has like you know his own accent going on and stuff but yeah 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 but i love yeah i love it when artists um kind of like break away and do something a little bit off kilter like because for him to break away from pirates and come do this little indie australian thing is like nuts um but clearly it you know when when artists do 
that something magical happens. There's something important to me about, yeah, this movie. And I, I don't know if I quite um, trust myself to fully express it well, or maybe it's better just being something that just um, marinates kind of in you mm. uh, for a while, because there's so much about like, what does it mean to have an extraordinary life? I think we all think that we're going to have an extraordinary life. That's something that's kind of in, implanted in us when we're young. You know, when we're told even simple lines, like you have your whole life ahead of you, you can do whatever you want and all this stuff. I think it sets us up for this certain idea that life is only going to get more and more exciting and all these other linear kind of pathways and mm. we have to or those are undone for us as life goes on <laughs> um so that this this movie makes me think of that um and that there is maybe no such thing as extraordinary and ordinary mm. um what's the point of that distinction in this case and when we're talking about a life you know um so i don't know it kind of almost makes those big questions well is it this or is it that lose their hold yeah. in the best way which helps us be maybe present and appreciate everything not just the amazing great you know fascinating things i um read this quote the other day and it was basically like um life is not like the things that you collect it's not the things that you do um those are just things you are life hmm. and it like it's kind of of the same vein of you know what is extraordinary and we're all just life at the end of the day i think yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that's you know a great a great interpretation of this movie i love that interpretation of this movie and so strange because it's a movie where there is no light like it's not life it's it's clay <laughs> yeah I know. I know isn't it amazing that like claymation and and even animation like i think of pixar and like how it's able to like touch people's hearts even though it's not human beings acting in front of us it's computer generated or you know clay <laughs> made <laughs> figurines yeah for sure and we we're, we love to impose that we love to project that to begin with so i mean it's no big deal i mean sometimes you know i don't know there was a reddit thread recently about what it was asking people what strange thing they felt about inanimate objects um, emotionally mm. uh but and i always thought when i was younger i because sometimes would feel sorry for clothes hangers that didn't have clothes on them so i would switch it up now and then so they'd all have a turn and everyone like there were like thousands of comments of people having similar stories that they still to this day do and i thought that was so cute like humans are cute sometimes like <laughs> oh now i'm never gonna look, be able to look at clothes hangers again the same <laughs> so i know I've, I've, I've debated i was like should i bring this out yeah um, um, okay i feel like i need to go rotate them right now <laughs> yeah they, they get cold you know <laughs> so cute. i do this uh little segment uh where i read like a few reviews from the internet just to like cool. see your yeah we could talk about them just to get your reaction um right. okay so opinions from the internet um Okay. Four to five stars. Just let my guy live his best nudist life. Damn. <laughs> Could you find any bad reviews? Two out of five stars. Pretty predictable. Not a huge fan of the animation style. Makes the characters look stupid. <laughs> Like like a Forrest Gump, but with bad luck. Only better because it's only 20 minutes. Many of the facts presented were not facts. This did not warm my heart. <laughs> Savage review. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't a one star. Oh my gosh, thank you for reading that. No, that was amazing. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did um, not warm my heart. <laughs> did, did not warm my heart. <laughs> 
three out of five stars. Adam Elliott makes the type of animation that feels slightly illegal that you would accidentally stumble onto on YouTube at 2 a.m. True, true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It'd be weird. I think it would be weird like being really baked and then stumbling across this film. You have to be yeah. ready for it. <laughs> so I was when I went to my sister's that day with my best friend. Like we were extremely baked. And I think that was why it was like also just really imprinted. You can imagine, I mean, watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could imagine. Uh, You wouldn't be ready. (laughs) You wouldn't be ready for it. (laughs) No, and completely immersed, like immersed in it. (laughs) And with three people, too, that we were like, wow. What is going on? I think after it ended, we were all like, okay, it's bedtime now. We all need to just go to bed and think about that. You're like, I need to, I need to sleep this off. <laughs> this is yeah, too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much for me. <laughs> that's oh, hilarious. Oh my yeah, God. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's the podcast. I think. Noted. Well, thank, like, thank you. I'm, yeah, no, I'm really glad you liked it. And you don't just, you know, you're not just saying that. Thank you so much for coming on. It was sweet to meet you and um, hopefully I'll be hearing more music from Hot Oh yeah, Band. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Oh, thank you so much. Just, this is great. Right. Thanks so much, Nat. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Real Rumble is produced and hosted and everything else by me, Jazine Hollings, with music by Jim Kelly and artwork by Quinn Doherty.